How are you this morning? Recovering from the 4th of July? Yeah? Who's going to admit it? How many of you are happy when the holidays are over? Raise your hand. All right, there are a few of us, yes. It is interesting, isn't it? It depends on your circumstances. I happen to, uh, I like summer, but I do live right at Treasure Village. Uh, And so when September rolls around and all the crazies go home, we kind of like it. You can actually pull right out on the highway instead of playing dodgeball. But then, um, of course, the fourth gets pretty crazy over there. So this morning, I'm going to start right out by reading from the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bible with you, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 2. And I didn't mark it ahead of time, so that should give you time to find it as well. At least if you're in the you're in the Baptist church, that means you you're you're up for a sword drill this morning. How many of you remember sword drills? Yeah, you got a few of them here. Yeah, all right. For those of you who don't know what that is, you call out a Bible verse, and the fastest one to get it stands up and reads it. And I'll tell you, and no cheating allowed by using thumb marks either. I'll tell you, there was a gal who I don't know. Some of you might know her. She's a missionary. Sherry Snyderman that I grew up with, and I'll tell you what, you can just never beat her. It was like, there's no way. I mean, it takes more than one second to turn the page, but she, she had it. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10 is what I want to read this morning. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, help me this morning to focus on your word and to present your truth Lord, we thank you that we can gather together, we can close the doors, we can turn off the cell phones, and we can quietly hear your still, small voice speaking to us. Lord, we need to hear from you, and we thank you that you sent your word to us. But Lord, also you sent your spirit, and may he guide our lives, and may he guide us today and and teach us. Lord, help him to speak through me, um, Lord, I thank you for these folks as they gather together here today. I thank you for these Sundays that we have had together, and I ask the Lord that you would bless them. 
May you be honored, Lord, in what we talk about today, and you will receive the honor and glory for it. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come several weeks out of this little book, haven't we? Some of you, of course, I keep teasing you and telling you I'm sure some of you have it. Others, you have read it. My mother had this habit when she would visit my sisters. I have three older sisters and an older brother, but I tend to talk more about my sisters just because they made my life miserable when I was young. So, and I love them all dearly today. But my mother would visit them, and invariably when she would, she would take a $20 bill or a $10 bill back in the day, and, and she would place it in their Bibles that they always had laying out when mom visited. Now, of course, she said, I'm not an idiot. If there's a half inch of dust on the thing, you haven't been reading it. But she would put it in there. And she would, and, and a little note, call me when you find it. And depending on the sister, sometimes it, they would have wished it would have accrued interest because it stayed there a while. But in the same way, I suppose it would be, have been good if we would have told all of you that inside one of these books that you guys got was a $1,000 bill. I'll bet you that if we had said that, every one of you would have at least looked on every page, wouldn't you? Because we like those kind of things. That's a gift. Now, I have a point, because we're going to be talking about the fact that church membership, being a part of this, ecclesia, this gathering of fellow believers, is a gift. It is not an obligation. And inside this book, of course, there are five interesting little chapters. And, uh, and if you graduated from the sixth grade, at least, you would be able to read these. And, of course, we talked about a functioning church member, that if you're just here watching, you're really, you're just, you're just a watcher, you know, like a gargoyle sitting on one of the old churches. You, it's made out of stone. doesn't do anything, but it just sits there and looks scary. Um, a unifying church member, you know, are you a lover? Are you loving your others, the others here? Are you a gossiper? What are you doing there? Um, <laughs> we talked about this, that, that church is not about my preferences and desires. Now, that's a good thing, unless I get to make the rules. Because if I get to make the rules, then I get to choose the messages, which I kind of do anyway, but not, not right now, but I, I do. I get to make them, and I get to choose all the music. You wouldn't like my music. You know that? Just to give you an idea, I have a habit I rarely confess to, and it happens on Saturday nights. My wife prepares herself throughout the day to not roll her eyes. But around 6 o'clock in the evening, I watch Lawrence Welk. <laughs> now that got her. Do you even know what Lawrence Welk is for? <laughs> it's never too late. <laughs> Lawrence Welk is big band classical music back from the... Around 50s, 60s, 70s, my grandparents watched it, my parents watched it. Why do I watch it? Well, one, I like big band music, and it's good music, even though it's in black and white or, or crazy clothes. And, uh, but my wife can't hardly stand to look at the screen because of the clothing that they wore. But she realized, and also, it, it takes me back, and it's good memories. 
but I really like a certain style of music. Um, and at the same time, so you know, if I got to make all the rules, it was all about Daniel's preferences here, um, that wouldn't be much fun, would it? Because for old Thor, he'd be lost. He wouldn't even know how to sing along with Lawrence. It's not about it. That's why we share. That's why we give. We talked then about praying, what it's like to pray for our church leaders. And then we, last week we talked about how we lead our children to be healthy church members, and that's a tough one. It is a tough one. Uh, and today we're going to talk about how the, the fact that I will treasure church membership as a gift. As a gift? Really? I don't know about you, when I was a kid, I didn't think going to church was a gift, especially in the summertime. Of course, we were laughing about it this morning. You put on your dress shoes. You had your Sunday clothes, didn't you? You put on your dress shoes and your dress pants and your dress shirt, and you wore those to church Sunday morning and Sunday evening. They were not cool. They were uncomfortable. They were scratchy. They were itchy. The shoes were too tight. It was pretty much miserable clothing to go, but off you went. That was tough. A gift. What's the best gift you've ever gotten? Would you think with me for just a second? Do you have one gift that you think of? You say, that one was the best of all. What's yours? I got a pony on my birthday. Can you believe that? His name was Chief. I love that pony. And my goodness, I got a saddle and a bridle to go with it. You'd have thought I won the lottery. Never forget it. Some of you have gotten nice gifts like that. You've also gotten some odd gifts. I was thinking, what's the strangest gift? Well, the, the key was they used to give me guinea pigs all the time. That's, they, they loved to eat guinea pigs, so they'd give me a big roasted guinea pig. But it was worse when they gave it to me live, because I don't know how to skinny guinea pig. So I'd take it home and go take it over to the neighbors and say, hey, I'll trade you a skinned and roasted one for a live one. We were good. But gifts are what? A gift is something given willingly and without payment. You can't pay for it, but it's given willingly, and, and we have it. Now, throughout this book, I think it's been interesting, he keeps going back to the fact of, is your church a country club or a service center? Are you here to get stuff, or are you here to give stuff? Because if you're here to get stuff, you'll only get stuff for a while. It's kind of like people who get married, because if I get married, I'll be happy. <laughs> no, if you were miserable before, you'll be miserable afterwards, too. If you were happy before, you bring happiness to it, and you put into it, and what you put in is what you get out. So what's it going to be? And on top of that, you have the fun of soon, I think, to have a new pastor. Boy, isn't that fun? You don't even know him. I remember as a kid when we hit, were without a pastor and then you'd, you'd have a candidate come. I remember one guy came, he sat up there because they always used to sit up there and there was a chair on this side for the bishop and one over here for the pope. Oh wait, I'm Baptist, we didn't have those. But you always sat in over there. And so this guy's sat over there and he crossed it. He had one white sock on and one black sock. I have no idea if he did it on purpose, but that was, I don't remember anything he said, but I remember his socks. Now, what are you going to do? Hope you're praying for your new pastor. I hope you get ready uh, for change and then embrace it when it comes because everybody's different. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I hope that you are good sheep 
Remember that sheep eat grass, they are not carnivorous. So be kind, tender-hearted and compassionate, because he won't be perfect. If he was perfect, you couldn't have him. I haven't been here long, but I'm pretty sure you're not perfect. But prepare yourself for that, because, now let's talk about a gift. Membership is a gift. Well, where does that start? I am going to be reading through some Bible verses this morning. You can follow with me if you like. They're short. Romans 3.23 is where we start about the fact that this being a part of the church, being a member of the church, is a gift. Romans 3.23, a verse many of us have memorized, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us started at the same spot. All of us started in sinners outside of salvation. That's where we all started, every single one of you. I don't care if you're rich, uh, poor, skinny, fat, I don't care where you are. If you got hair, some of you got hair, I don't have hair. It doesn't matter. But all of us start in that spot of we are sinner, sinners and we're, we fall short of the glory of God. But over in Romans 6.23, we continue that process and we learn more about it. And that verse says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we know that we're all sinners. Now we know that the wages and what we have to pay because of that sin is death. When we talk about death here, it's talking about eternal separation from God. Well, what do we do about that? Is there anything to be done? Well, 2 Corinthians 5, verse, verse 21, as I get there, says this, for he, that would be Jesus, made him, for, uh, excuse me, for he, God, made him Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So God, Jesus goes to the cross. Jesus is sinless. He's absolutely perfect. You are absolutely sinful. And God takes that sin of yours and he puts it on Jesus and Jesus dies on the cross in your place. I hope and I try to get people to understand, you understand, you should have been nailed on the cross. You deserve death. You're a dirty, rotten, stinking, filthy sinner. Except you are forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ and declared to be righteous and whole and perfect and lovable. That is why it is called a new birth. It's miraculous. So, we know we all sin. We know the wages of sin is death. We know that Jesus became sin for us. Now I'm going to turn back to the book of Acts because the Bible says it better than I do. In 3 verse 19, it says this, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Now, you will meet people who say, okay, Jesus died on the cross for me. That's good. I'm good. I can do whatever I jolly well please for the rest of my days. Amen. Well, that is not exactly true because we're called to repentance. Well, what is repentance? Repentance means you're walking this way and you turn around and you go the opposite direction. It doesn't mean you continue in your same old sin no, you repent. You turn back. Now, you can't do that without God's help, but he has said, 
here I am. I am here to help you. You can say, well, I'm going to go to Spirit Lake. And you drive five miles down the road, and like most people, you say, I forgot my cell phone. I'll die without it. <laughs> and you repent, turn around, drive back home. Get your, that's repenting. That's turning around and going in the other, turning around and going in the other direction. It's not anything difficult. And that repentance brings cleansing. Things need to be cleaned. How many of you like to eat dirty stuff? Go to a restaurant and have silverware that's got somebody else's eggs on it still. We brush our teeth. How many of you brushed your teeth this morning? <laughs> Be careful, don't lie. Uh, yeah, you could fall into sin right there. Now, but we, why do we brush our teeth? Well, some of you brush your teeth because you're afraid of the dentist. Some of you brush your teeth because you want your, you to have a pretty smile. We brush our teeth for different reasons, or we brush it because it's a habit. Why do you brush your teeth? Well, you brush your teeth because they need to be clean. What happens if you don't brush your teeth? They cavities, and eventually you get to brush your teeth holding them in your hand. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. You brush your teeth. Now, you don't want to be like little Johnny. I hope I haven't told you this, but he went to school, and one day his teacher said, now, Johnny, you need to brush your teeth. I can see what you had for breakfast. And he smiled real big, and he said, oh, yeah, what did I have for breakfast? And she said, well, you had eggs. And he said, ha, that was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, that's how we live with sin. We repent and we're cleansed. Don't you want to be cleansed? Don't you want to have it? Isn't it nice when you, even though it hurts a little bit when you go, then you got to go have your teeth cleaned. And man, they get that pick out and they go to digging in there and it hurts. But man, isn't that nice when they're all done and ooh, you run your tongue around there and it just feels so clean. Well, in much the same way, when we repent and we come to Christ, he already died for our sins. He's standing there waiting. He's a gentleman. He's saying, come, accept this gift. And when we do, what a relief. What a relief. And it's an eternal relief. Let's turn back over to Ephesians, where we were reading together to start off today. And we're going to go right back to Ephesians chapter 2. Which in my Bible doesn't want to be found right now, but I'll get there eventually. Now we're going to focus in on verses 8 and 9. And that is, for by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Did you catch that little phrase in there? It is a gift. God did not owe any of you forgiveness. He didn't owe any of you salvation. He didn't owe any of us. But yet, because it pleased him, and he looked at you and he said, I love you, I'm doing this for you. And it is a gift that he gives, for, gives to us. For by grace have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. And this gift of salvation, folks, automatically puts you in membership in the church for all eternity. 
You say you don't want to be a member of the church? If you're a follower of Christ, you're out of luck. Because you are a member. You might be a you might be an F member, you might be an A member, you might be a B member, but a member you are. So how about if we look at it as, a, as that precious gift that it is and begin to act that way? What'd you do with that most precious gift you ever got? Now, uh, ladies, uh, I know that you know, in our culture here, of course, many, many, many ladies here who are married would have a wedding ring. Do you take it off? Do you ever take yours off? No? If you did take it off, would you just let your kids play with it for a while? Uh, no. No. All right. Why, why not? <laughs> yeah, I know. Why not? Because it's precious, for goodness sake. It's precious. And so we take care of it, and we look after it. So this, this, this gift of salvation is what makes us a part of the family of God. Now, there's a good old a good old southern hymn, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. You remember that song? I wish I, wish I could sing more of it to you, but I can't. Um, but we are a family. Now, sometimes we act like teenagers. I remember my sisters. And in the farmhouse, the kitchen was here, big living room, mom and dad's bedroom. When they got to fussing with each other, it would go so far, and somebody was going to get punched. But if you got to mom's room first, it was free. Because mom, you was usually in, that's where she sewed. So she'd be back there, and you'd hear them going. You know, running across that floor. Boom, 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 boom. And oftentimes, just a step before they got there, it'd be the old punch right in the back. Ah, gotcha, before you got in mom's room. Somehow that made it okay. Well, that's kind of how we act in church sometimes. Why do we do that? Because we forget, my goodness, ask my sisters now who are in their 60s. Would they ever, would you ever punch your sister in the back? I mean, they'd look, oh, are you insane? Of course not. They're the most precious people on the earth to me. They're the ones I call when my grandkids are sick. They're the ones that, oh, well, I remember the day. Well, sometimes churches get stuck in the teenager stage. And somebody like me has to come along who doesn't work for you and say, grow up. Grow up, and uh, let's treasure this membership that we have. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27 and 28, it says, Now you are the body of Christ. That's you, by the way. You. You are the body of Christ. Every single one of you here. Good ones, and I'm, go back to the old movie. Good, bad, and ugly. You are the body of Christ. Like it or lump it. If you receive the free gift of salvation, you're a part of it. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles and gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of things. God appointed them. If God appointed them, he appointed you. He appointed you to do something. My question is, are you doing it? Do it. I think it was Will Rogers who said, even if you know where to go, if you don't move, you're never going to get anything done. You've got to join in. The free gift of salvation includes eternal salvation, all right? So eternity with God, in the absence of sin, no more death, no more sorrow, no more little girls that can't talk to you. 
No more. No more. Sometimes I'm asked, how do you keep your spirit up with Sophie? Because it is not easy. I say, oh, I lift my eyes to the future. From whence comes my hope? Because the day will come. I sit down with Sophie in eternity, and she looks at me and laughs and says, Dad, what was your big problem? I was fine. Of course she's fine. I'm not fine. Holidays aren't very much fun sometimes for us. But eternal salvation, forgiveness of sins. I think some of us weren't sinful enough when we came to Christ, so we don't think it was a big deal. I mean, how sick do you have to get before you realize how sick you were? Adoption by God as the Father. You're not childless. God has adopted you. He calls you sons and daughters, and he loves you. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit, God himself in the form of the Spirit, lives within you. Listen to him. And you become a part of this thing called the body of Christ, which is the church. And it is a gift. He gave it to you. Here you go. Some of us unwrap it. Some of us put it on the shelf. Some of us don't treat it. But others, here, and it's not an obligation. It's a privilege. So the question is, what are you going to do with it? You got a gift. Have you ever not unwrapped a gift? I doubt it. Unwrap it. Enjoy it. A few words, sometimes you'll get people talking about, well, I'm a part of the church because I'm, I'm a believer, but I don't have to go to the local church. Well, there's a difference between the universal church and the local church. Of course, everyone who has ever believed in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior is a member of the universal church. All time. All, they're all a part of it. But along with that, God created local churches like this one. Because he knows that if you really want people to shine, you've got to put them together so they knock off the rough edges. And they work on each other, and they pray for each other, and they encourage each other. Sometimes I'll talk to people, and I'll say this. Somebody will say, oh, I read the Bible. I read the Bible. I don't need to go to church. Which kind of is proof that they don't read the Bible. Because if you read the Bible, you're going to find, yes, it says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. It's a funny little verse in there often left out. Church membership then is a gift, so it must be treasured. Think about it, treasure it, value it. It's a big deal. Secondly, be thankful for it and respond with gratitude. You get to choose how you respond. There's a lady in High V in Spirit Lake. Her name's B. She works there. You go through. She'll check you out. You go in there at 6 o'clock in the morning. She's there. And eight years that I have known her, every day, at time I go through, I say, how are you today? And she says, I'm just doing fine. How are you? <laughs> and I said to her just a couple days ago, I said, you know, I've known you for a long time, and you have the same response. She said, young man, it's a choice every time you get out of bed in the morning. It is. It's also a choice if you choose to value this, because this is beautiful. Gratitude brings joy, and joy comes from serving. You remember? We talked about that, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 and 28. The, the apostles, they were fussing with each other, and who was going to be the big cheese, and who was going to get, you know, drive the Mercedes or whatever. So Jesus said, 
Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You want to enjoy the church? Serve it. Serve it. I don't care what you do. Do something. Serve it. But I want to go back to something to close. Church membership, being a part of the great ecclesia, the gathered believers. <laughs> I was thinking about this this morning. I don't often think in Quechua and all of a sudden, this, which is the end of language from South America, and that big long word where they put everything together. And I realized I still remember the longest word I ever lived, le- learned. And you ready for it? Here it is. Kishpitishikakuna purabantami. And you know what it means? Call, the called out believers that are all together. <laughs> they don't hardly ever use it in so long. They, call, they use the Spanish word for church. But that's what you've been called, and you've been called together, but you're called through salvation. Coming to Christ, asking him to forgive your sins, asking him to be the Lord of your life. That's where it all starts. Gifts bring gratitude. Gratitude brings service to the body of Christ. But you start all with salvation. And all of a sudden, this song came to mind as I was working on this sermon. So this is how we're going to close. And it is a one, and I wish I had a stop sign up here. How many you remember that old song? Stop and let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. Stop and let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. He forgave my sin and he saved my soul. He cleansed my heart and he made me whole. Stop and let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. Well, has he? Has he done it for you? Have you received the free gift of salvation? Because with it comes the beautiful gift of membership in this body. Treasure church membership as a gift. Country club or service center? You'll get to decide. God bless you.